Geeks is supported by you and the following underwriters. The Slider Agency on Main Street in Margaretville, a neighborhood independent insurance agency educating consumers about the hazards related to uninsured drivers and about insurance coverage options. Open Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5. More information at 845-586-2641 or sliderагency.com. Home Goods of Margaretville, corner of Main and Bridge Streets in Margaretville, New York, now carrying spices, flour, jams, mustards, coffee and tea, organic vegetables and fruits, and local eggs, milk, cheese, and baked goods. And, of course, cooking basics and tools of the trade for everyone at home. Home Goods of Margaretville. Open every day. 845-586-4177 or hgom.net. 1053 Main Street Gallery in Fleischmann's. Designed as a space to support a vibrant and active artistic community nestled within the Catskill Mountains. Now presenting POI POV, an exhibition of mixed media collages by artist Robin Factor that explores interior and exterior landscapes using natural and man made objects to create a conversation among the works themselves and between the viewer and each individual piece. On view through Sunday, July 24th. Information about 1053 Main Street Gallery in Fleischmann's and upcoming exhibitions at 1053mainGallery.com. Hi, I'm Don Matheson, host of Vantage Point, heard every other Friday at 1 o'clock here on WIOX Roxbury. Live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20. And everywhere at WIOXradio.org. Okay, you're listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM, MTC Cable TV Channel 20 on the campus of SUNY Delhi at 107.5 FM, worldwide at WIOXradio.org, 
and on any mobile device, FM radio app. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and John. John, how's it going? Things are good. What have you been up to? I don't know. It seems like it's been a while since the two of us were on together, huh? Um, yes. Zane was on the last couple times. and uh, You were out once, and I filled in. I know. Thing, things are good, though. Um, the heck have I been doing? Yeah. Not a lot in the woods as far as uh, you know, cutting trees or anything like that. It's hot. I was cutting trees yeah. uh, for a neighbor, just cutting down white pine. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a bad time of year to wear a snowsuit or chaps and yeah. a hard hat. That's you what know? I'm trying to avoid right now. <laughs> Actually, yesterday we did. Yeah, Zane and I cut down a, a white pine. It was just one, but by the time we cut it, limbed it, and cut the log out of it to mill, it was, that was enough for me. I was drenched. Yeah, I drank three quarts in uh, a few hours and still was not hydrated. So, you know, hydration so important. Yeah. But uh, it's hard to do when you're wearing chaps or a snowsuit in July. But um, I don't know. Anyway... Other than that, just been uh, waiting for the mushrooms to come up. They haven't because it's too, too damn dry. So we could use a little more water. Found some ginseng mm. in Ulster County in Shandaken in a place I've never found ginseng ever before. Cool. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Was it a, an anomaly or was it in a habitat that you expected you could find it? It's on a mid-slope. And, uh, yeah, I'm writing an article about it, but... Um, feel like those mid-slopes can be metaphorical islands, you know, because the deer don't have a reason to be on them. I was on them because I was literally bushwhacking from point A to point B to a clearing on top of a mountain that I know, a bald, that I know where it is, and just set a compass bearing from the parking area straight to it. Gotcha. You know, and I haven't used the compass in a while. It's kind of fun. But a deer will go up a mountain and save energy, right? Use the saddles between two heights of land. He'll walk a ridge. You know what I mean? Walk maybe a shelf. Yep. Well, I just billy goaded up it. And so you go through these areas that really they have, it's not to say they don't go there, but they have less reason to. Mm-hmm. And I think the ginseng, that's why it escaped uh, the brows because I couldn't find another one. And I looked, you know, so pretty cool. cool though. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Found a burl. Really cool yellow birch burl. Uh, it was a big one. But this one was really weird in that it was, like, striated. had a big wood pattern going throughout it. Yeah, I uh, saw that picture you posted of that. Yeah, it was that very was abnormal. Different. You ever see one like that, Gary? Did you ever see his picture of that? No, it, I it didn't see that one. three kind of folds that ducked into each other on the burl that were very well defined. He set his water bottle on it like a saddle. You ever saw anything like that? Usually the burl is like this big rounded globe kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, maybe there's several growing together. It could be, yeah. you know. They're kind of like a puzzle, you know, the, those burls. No one really understands them. And uh, to me, that's what keeps the woods or the forest uh, having you come back because you, you just don't get everything. Well, but have, uh, what's that? I have a uh, 11 or 12-foot uh, slab at the mill. That it's, I never saw a burl like that, but it was the whole length of the log. And wow. you, you didn't notice it. Even when I debarked it, when I sawed it, you know, I took a five-quarter board off, and it's holy smoke, and I, I didn't save the slab. I wish I would have saved it now, but I didn't know what I was had. So I flipped the thing <clears throat> to saw. I thought, 
first I thought it was just bird's eye white oak. And but once I flipped the log, that was about one cut and it was it was it. Every cut after that, I mean it took the whole and it was a, a burl that was the length of the log. Mm-hmm. I never saw a burl that grew like that. Probably never will again. <clears throat> Crazy. Well, every third Wednesday we uh we have Mr. Mead on, Mr. Gary Mead. And uh, he's the owner of Gary Mead Gallery. A few weeks ago, we had uh, Hoppy Quick on. He's the uh, chainsaw bear carver down in um, Olive and talked about sustaining local. Well, uh, we're going to continue that conversation, sustaining local part two with Gary Mead. And, uh, you know, Hoppy and Gary make their living from the forest. And uh, they're going to talk about some of the challenges and changes going on both inside the forest and outside the forest really, in these uh, Catskill Mountains. Yes, and we're going through some rapid changes. Uh, in my life, I'll be 68 in September, and in three years I've never seen so many changes happen so fast. And it's kind of uh, eerie and scary in a way, but, you know, we need to, you know, get grounded and, and uh, you know, go with it or lose it. And it's, uh, you know, how brought up, you know a few points and you know he had that problem with you know he was carving on his property for 35 years and all of a sudden he got a stop carving notice which is well he was he was carving in another town town right. of rochester right and then he had you know whatever <clears throat> issues there um family or whatever and he moved his mother's on town of olive side right yeah. and town of olive like many towns just copied and pasted from different towns in more southern counties. Right. I think this one was from Rockland. I can't remember. But in any case, it says um, in all of that, I, you know, don't don't quote me on this, but you can't do something commercially outside, out of doors. Right. So he had to cut under a carport, and that was a gray area, but seemed to work. Right. But he couldn't cut outside if it was for making money. Right. His bears. Mm-hmm. His neighbor complained. And that was that. Yeah. She she works in her house, the neighbor, but because it was inside, they said that's kosher, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't read these ordinances, including the locals. A lot of the locals say, well, we always did this. Well, you guys didn't read stuff because, you know, you got grand, and grandfathering pisses me off the most. That's just, that's just cowardice. I mean, basically, yeah. you get placated, but your grandkids get screwed. Yeah. You know, like that's not fair. Like you get to continue out your business, but then once it once it fails with you, then now you can't continue it. You know, I don't know. Well, People grand, don't understand that. Grandfathering in some cases works because, you know, when uh, years ago, you know, I put my property and I got the permits and I put the kiln and I actually have a space next to the kiln. I was going to put another kiln, mm-hmm. and you know, Rob, you know, the, the city come in. They had these ordinance stuff, and you know, Rob Allison, a good friend of mine, he's, he's a surveyor and whatever, and he goes to all the meetings uh, mainly because he has to. <clears throat> and you know, and uh, but anyway, he told me, he said, "You got to go to the city and get that because," uh, and, and he said, "Like ten foot of that kiln is in the wetland area." He said, if you don't get that grandfathered in, they can have you take that building down. So in that case, it worked because, you know, I I went through all the proper permitting and I got permission. I paid for mm-hmm. the permits and everything was okay. And, you know, you know, the, the, the code enforcement just must have overlooked that part. But, yeah, but I feel like if it's a good law or ordinance, really, right. then 
There shouldn't be any grandfather. It's either a good one for all generations or it's not. Right. I mean, that's my point. I mean, I understand it worked for you, but, I mean, people need to make a living in the future. Right, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to put another kiln next to my kiln, which it's not wet there at all. It's just like within, the, you know, the state, you can, have, you can build within uh, 10 feet of a wetland in the state that is less than, I think, 20 acres. But if you get a wetland over that, it's 100 feet. So this property I bought, I had a, a marine biologist come in from Walton, and he was about ready to retire, and this was 30 years ago. And uh, I did some things that were in the gray area, and he said, because you called me and... You know, you wanted to, you know, research and figure out what the good, you know, the good thing to do. Because I put underground drainage in and stuff, and, you know, I should have got permits for that. And I and then I put up that uh, orange fence while you're doing the building, uh, the digging and whatnot. But he said, we're going to let that all just slide because you called us and you weren't trying to get away with something you thought you were doing the right thing so he said but in the future you know he said this is what you do he showed me the designated from the edge of the wetland how to measure back and i flagged it all so i didn't encroach it and you know you can you can go on that hundred foot uh, area but you have to get a special variance so this is meetings, and, and I told him, I said, you know what, I'm just going to stay off it. <clears throat> because uh, once you get one of those variances, then you're inviting basically politics on your property to govern what you do constantly. Because, you know, when you get a variance, there's certain things that you can and can't do. So I don't like stuff complicated. So I said, well, I'll just stay off it. That doesn't bother me at all. You know, the, you know, I have a, a deer and bear and fox and bobcat and chipmunks and woodchucks and skunks and all those critters are just living there anyway. And, you know, they're my buddies. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, they, as, they don't bother me. <clears throat> you know, uh, they don't bother me at all. I like seeing them. And, you know, I've never seen so many bears I have this year on Southside Road. I've had six sightings and one night I... I was uh, working late, and I went home, and I was working on this the, the, the uh, curved cherry bed, and I went home around 10.30, and I had a little, you know, nighttime snack, and I said, you know what, I'm going back down. It's about 11.30, I'm heading down south side, and this 200, 250-pound bear is, like, in the road right in front of me, and he ran up a tree, a little oak tree, uh, and... Uh, I said, oh, this is cool. So I got out to take a picture of him. I must have took 25 pictures, and he kept hissing and spitting, and, and, and he wasn't growling. I think mostly he was annoyed at himself for trapping himself in a tree. You know, when you do something stupid, you go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done it. I think the bear felt that. So I just kept talking soft to him. I said, I'll leave you alone. Just get me a good shot. And the last shot I took, and I got in my truck and left, he sat in the crotch, 
all the worry and, and whatever went out of his face, and he sat there, and he, like, posed for me. I took a nice picture, got his face. Most of my the other pictures were butt shots, and he was a good-sized male. But anyway, uh, uh, I took a picture of him and left. And But I think that's why he was angry is because he did something stupid. I mean, I just trapped myself in a tree. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. You know, he could have run across the thing. But I have a couple of stories about, uh, you know, encounters at my mill that happened, uh, you know, that could have been something very bad. But, you know, I, I talked to the right people right away, and, you know, we, we got these things straightened out. And one of the things were occasionally I go to the Arkville shop, and that's where actually where my company started. and. You know, I had the mill running and you know, employees down there producing whatever. And I was at the other shop. I don't know what I was doing. But, you know, they called me and they said, there's this guy in here yelling at us. And he's telling us we have to close the doors and, and, and shut the machines off or else close the doors. And this was a day like today. And, you know, we this guy, what he did... There was a cabin up there when I moved there, and there were a lot of trees between, you know, the road and his cabin, and he had a porch on the mountainside of the house. So he knocked the cabin down and uh, a couple of years ago, and he put this uh, uh, log home in. And the people that put it in out in front of his house, I guess to open up a view, he took a lot of trees down. And now he has this, <clears throat> what was kind of absorbing or keeping the noise away from him, he opened it up. So then he did something that was even worse. He put the porch on the roadside of the house. So it's directly pointing to the mill. So the noise is coming, you know, right up the hill to him. So he's down there yelling at my employees, and so I went over and, you know, I, I told the employee I was on the phone with, you got to get him out of the shop. He he is not, he he is not allowed to be there. He's actually he's breaking a, a huge law. You can't go into any company and and harass their employees for any reason. I mean, a husband can't do it to a wife. A wife can't do it to a husband. That's they can be arrested. It's a very you know when you interrupt production. It's a serious offense. So um, I went down there and, you know, I don't want to call cops and get law and lawyers and all that. And I just was talking to him outside. I said, you know, I could have you arrested right now and, and hauled away and, and handcuffs. And, and But I said, I, I see no reason to do that. I just want you to understand, you know, I've been here for 30-some uh, years. And, you know, the noise has never been a problem. And I explained what I just said. I said, you put the, you cleared trees away and you put the porch on the wrong side of your house. And, you know, now you're just going to, I'm not, I'm not insulating my building. So, and closing it in and putting air conditioners in so you don't have to hear this noise. So I called Chris Plant and he was a uh, code enforcement for town of Middletown. And he, uh, he said, actually, you're in the village. It might be uh, something that you want to do with the village. But he said, you know what? He said, I have a, a, a meter that uh, will 
measure decibels. So he said, I'll come over. And he said, it's 30 feet off your property line. He does the meter, which is up the hill. So I went to, down to the mill, and we turned on. The kiln was running. We turned the sawmill on, the debarker, my planers, my rip saws, all my crosscut saws, and we had them all running at once. Mm -hmm. And he went up, and he said, you're like 90 or 100 decibels under, you know, what, what you know, he said, you're, so what had happened then, he said, I'll go down to the, he said, we're going to uh, uh, do a, we're going to fill out this piece of paper saying that you're under the decibels and that you're, you're good. He said, if we, he, and the words he used, he said, let's nip this in the bud. So I said, oh, that's great. So he filled this paper out and I went and signed it and. You know, I went to sign it. He said, you know, what this is going to do, it's going to keep that guy from coming back at us with an, a lawyer from Manhattan or wherever and, you know, an outside lawyer. And he said, then we have to have meetings and we have to figure this out. And he said, it may actually change the zoning a little bit if, you know, uh, whatever but you know so we nipped it in the bud and now we had no grounds to all so you're it. saying there's a noise ordinance there is a and you know that maybe was, not have a noise ordinance that that was that was from uh, dick fairburn sawmill that yes. where that noise ordinance came up wow. town of all doesn't have one don't have one and we don't have a, a little town does though but we do just because of fairburn sawmill and a lot of people didn't like him anyway i guess and so they had these meetings and you know somebody from the city or outside i mean local people they just and it's it's a till 10 o'clock i don't i don't start any of my planers or blowers up after 10 o'clock at night i'm not saying if it's like 10 to 10 and i got something to plane i won't plane it and get it shut off by 10 o'clock but you know that's out of respect and we really have to have respect for our neighbors we can't just go in and whole hog. And I, I work nights, and, you know, a lot of people do. And, you know, I spend all day trying to, you know, make money to earn, you know, to pay my bills. And then at night I work on my art. And uh, that's just how it is. And so uh, another story is with Leonard Arter was a supervisor. Now, hold on. Let's take a break first. Uh, all right. We'll go into If you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. Every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. with uh, Ryan and John. Tonight's topic is Sustaining Local Part 2 with Gary Mead.
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., talking about a different forest-related topic. Tonight's topic is sustaining local part two with Gary Mead. So what goes, Gary? Well, I just want people to care about our earth and our environment. That's my main goal. You know, I will uh, <clears throat> not... Uh, back 20 years ago... You know, we had representatives in our government here that when we voted them in, we didn't necessarily have to go to every meeting and, 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 and tell them what we wanted. They knew, and, and they took care of it. But there's so many changes and so many different ideas coming into the area, and so many people that want to make where this like where they came from that we need to uh, to address that, and the only way to do it now is, I think, all of us. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this. What are what are some of the changes you've seen? That I've seen. Yeah, examples. You know, uh, keeping. Uh, 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 there's so many different laws from 20 years ago that. They were never there before, yeah. and uh, I can't name them, 
but you know, I, I, you know, when you go to do something, you you, you have to check to see if the law has changed, mm -hmm. and it's like uh, the keeping so far away from a stream and running water and and uh, you parking, know, parking and 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 you know property and you know. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, if you were to no, if you were to create a business thirty years ago, like how long would it take to get the necessary, if if at all, permits? Do you think? Well, I went. I put a. I bought the mill about thirty two, thirty four years ago. It's a commercial industrial lot. Had nothing there, no road, anything. I put everything in, and I bought it ten and a half acres from Orva Rosa and. You know, I'm down there building, and you know, people are driving down, and and there were petitions going, you know, against what I was doing. Is that right? Yeah. From who? From all the neighbors on Southside Road, and yeah. you know, people in the village of Margaretville, and mm -hmm. and just uh, so the classic is. You know, this guy that used to own that property with, uh, I'm not mentioning any names, but he used to own the property with Orville. And he come down on a building, he said, oh, I'm going to have this stop. This is just whatever. And I said, do you know what I'm doing? He said, no, but I don't want it here. And I said, well, that's kind of strange. I, and he said, well, I used to own this place. And I said, used to is a key word here. You need to leave. And, and yeah. like right away, you, you can't be here. And I said, don't come down here and, and harass me because everything I'm doing is up and up. So Orville, you know, he sold me the property. He was on the village board. And, you know, he knew what was up. And he was one of those, you know, let's do this. You know, if he thought I was doing something bad, uh, he would have, you know, stopped it right from the beginning. So he told me, so we're having a... They had to have a special meeting on a, they usually, you know, whatever night they meet, it's another night. And, you know, I'm down there building, and, and that's another reason, you know, I work long, long hours. And, you know, for me to take two, two and a half hours out and, and you know, two or three times a month to go to these meetings to, to help these people decide what's the best thing to do. On your land. On my land. It's, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but. Orville, I talked to Orville. I said, geez, you know, I'll come down to meeting. He said, don't you come near that place? He said, I, it's all under control. And the next morning he said, you know, nobody's going to bother you anymore. Everything's been, you know, in paper and filed. And, and uh, he said, people come down there now, just, you know, let us know and, and we'll reprimand them ourselves. So, but anyway, letter and utter, I, I saw something in the paper one day. This is that other story. The former town supervisor. Yes. Who's been on from the forest years ago to talk about all the farms that used to be here. It's pretty fascinating. Yep. He's, I saw him in Goaty White's the other night. And when he come in with his family, I, I just went up and I held my hand and his hand with two hands. And, and I just thanked him so much for his service and what he did for us and you know, to help preserve it. So anyway, I'm, I, I read in the Catskill Mountain News, this is probably 20 years ago now, I don't know, but he, I, something I didn't, something that the city put through, some ordinance or whatever, and I went down to Leonard and I was kind of in a, in a foul mood because I read it. And so, you know, he was there at 7 o'clock in the morning and 
And, you know, I got down there about a quarter of them, and he pulls in, and, you know, I said, geez, Leonard, blah, blah, I got He said, hey, calm down. I'll come on in and have a seat. So I'm in there in the office and sitting. He said, you know, 10 years ago, he said, we had one meeting once a year with a Manhattan lawyer, me and my town attorney. They, you know, have their wants and this and that, and, you know, we'd spend the rest of the year kind of, you know, whatever. But he said, then a few years back after that, he said, they started sending two Manhattan lawyers twice a year. This is for the DEP. What's that? This is for the Bureau of Water Supply? This was, you know, at his, uh, the town board meetings. Right, but you're talking about the lawyers from Manhattan are representing who? They're representing uh, the city. city of New York. Okay, yeah, I just yep. want to clarify that. Yep. So, anyway, he said the last meeting we had, he said, uh, I just kept... You know, and then we're having it every quarter, and then three lawyers are, are there. And he said the last meeting we had, there were, were many Manhattan lawyers. And he said, me and my little town attorney sitting there, he said, what the hell do you want me to do? And I go, I get it, Leonard, but, you know, if you need any help or whatever, he said, you know, they're just kind of strong-arming us, and we need to slow them down and, and just not let them, you know, push us out of the way. Because we're here and we want to stay here, and they they just keep taking stuff and taking stuff. What are they taking? Are you saying they're buying land? They're putting easements? Well, land and and making all these easement laws and and uh, you know uh, uh, the 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 uh, uh, you know where they can you know they've been they used to just buy land around water. Now they're buying mountaintops and and you know they're buying a lot. They, they lowland. Lowland. Yeah. Yep. Land where businesses could be to people make a living. Yeah. Remember, remember, you know, I feel like 20 years ago in the 90s, remember bumper stickers that would say, Save the think, global, think globally, act locally? Yep. What happened to that? I don't know. How are we supposed to make a living locally? I mean, I always tell people, you know, how hard do you think it would be to build a sawmill in the town of Olive where I live? You know, because once you, you said, once you got to go get a variance... Yep. You got to go in front of people who've already made their living somewhere else. Yeah. So basically, your business is in conflict with everything they want, which is vacation, walking the dog, right. and that's great. But you got to remember, if you were to go, we're trying to make I a hear, living. I hear some of these same people. If they go to a different country across the ocean, they say they respect the local culture there. Well, why can't that be transferred here? If you come to another because area, why, why not? Wouldn't you want? Aren't you curious? Don't you want to get to know? The people that have, have lived here and make a living here locally, like yourself or Hoppy, you know what I mean? Aren't you curious? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that what? Isn't that what makes it rural? I don't know. And we're, you know, there's a, you know, what defines local? I don't know. And, and probably living locally, I would think, making your living from the local area, no? Yeah, but so we try to. You know, when we were grounded here, you know, I've been paying taxes here for, you know, 50-some years. And, you know, I have people that come in and and they don't need to make a living here. They made their living somewhere else and they come here with, you know, money and they don't need to, to make a living. So they're trying to push me out 
So you the, think it's intentional, or do you think it's not? I don't think it's. Do you, what do you think, Johnny? Well, think I think at times it is. Yeah. 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 Huh. You know, the more uh, the people with uh, in New Kingston, we had a few problems with the neighbors from shooting and and you know some of the parties we've been having up there for years. I mean, we just skeet shoot and whatever, and you know we we've had you know. People come down and say, oh, you know, we don't want to hear the shooting. And I would say, well, maybe you should go to Margaretville and go shopping or, you know, go to Kingston or Oneonta and do some shopping for a little while because we're shooting. And, you know, then I got wondering because we were shooting one weekend with Mitchell and Kane. And it was just the three of us up there. And this guy drives down in his gator, one of the neighbors up there. <clears throat> you know, we only been there for a few years. And he goes, oh, I've been getting a lot of calls from the neighbors. And they f- figure that this was in the fall. And, of course, we were sighting in for rifle season. And he said, we think that, you know, four hours is plenty enough time to sight your gun in. And I said, what did you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch is saying, don't hit him, Dad. And I, but I never hit anybody. I wouldn't hit anybody. If you can't do it with words, you got to walk away. So, you know, I had a few words with him and said, you know, we've been doing this for years. And, you know, if you don't like it, you really need to, you know, go over to Pratt Rock. Go to Mine Kill Falls. You know, get out of Dodge for a while. Because when it gets dark, we'll stop shooting. And... We don't have to stop shooting when it gets dark because there's no, and we can shoot through the night. So we get home from that weekend, and Matt calls me up and he goes, Oh, Dad, me and some of my buddies are coming up shooting next weekend. <laughs> I said, Oh, here goes the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, uh, I called Vern and I, uh, you know, he. I spent a good hour on the phone with him. And Vern is the local environmental conservation officer for the state of New York. Vern right? and Bauer, yeah. Okay. And he's awesome. So, you know, he told me, he said, you know, if you want, you can shoot through the night. He said, you can make a video and make boom, boom, boom. He said, there's no time limit on I said, I don't want to piss my neighbors off. I just want them to leave me alone and let me do. We don't go up there every single weekend and do this. You know, it's maybe two or three times a year. And this is where they move to. I mean, you came into my, you know, this, is, this has been my area for, for 50 years. And now you're coming here and you're telling me that, and then, then he told, you know, he come out, he went off to say, well, you need a permit for the, a, a shooting range. And I said, shooting range. a shooting range. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, they. That's they, pretty, a pretty low scale shooting range you got there. They, they make stuff up as they go. But anyway, they, you know, but I said, you, but, you know, I basically told him, I said, if you, if you're going to be a complaining neighbor, because when he walked down, we were, you know, grilling and I said, oh, you know, give him a hamburger and. A hot dog or, or chicken or whatever the heck we were and, and have a beer with us and this and that and and he started out and I said oh my god you're a complaining neighbor <laughs> I said do you hunt he said I used to well, uh, one of those there okay so now we got a, a, a whatever but anyway I said if you want to come down here and complain you walk 
you just drove over my private property with your motorized vehicle, and if you do that again, I'm going to pour gas on it and I'm going to set it on fire. <laughs> and Jesus Christ, Gary. So if you need if you need to come down here and complain to me about what I'm doing legally, you're going to have to walk down. You know, don't be a lazy complainer. You're going to have to put some work into this. Yeah. And uh, I said, you're not allowed to come down here on a motorized vehicle. You're not invited. It's posted property. Yeah, you got to um, respect private property rights. And you yeah. have to respect my rights. And even though you don't like them, it's my right. And, you know, uh, you know, we've been doing this our whole life, and I can't believe you're standing here in front of me. You know, well, I moved here in 84, and I said, well, I'm 10 gen generations deep. So if you want to talk about you know, going back and doing, a, you know, but that doesn't make any difference. We've been here two years or two months or two weeks. We all have to respect each other's rights. And, that's tolerance. And we just don't, yeah. you know, I don't want these things to change. And that's why I called Vern. I said, did something change I didn't know about? He said, oh, no, we, uh, he said, you know, we're, we're fighting like crazy to keep the laws the way they are because you know there's people that go into these meetings and trying to you know change these laws that we've you know had for years and years and you know maybe putting time limits on when you can shoot your gun and and, and the problem is those people you know if you if you're retired you have time to go to the meeting right and if you're working you don't and that was my but <laughs> you know i think uh, us as locals, if you consider yourself a local and you want to uh, uh, kind of keep things the way they've been for for many years around here, we've had quite a few changes. But you know, we we should if we just go there and put our because these local uh, politicians they want our help, then they need our help. I mean, they're coming up with some crazy stuff that goes on at these meetings and there's it, some towns you, you can't you can't use a chainsaw you can't cut on sundays i think it was town of mamacating could be wrong wartsboro area right. and uh i remember we went down there jim waters our former executive director and we stand before them and it took the guy the supervisor about five minutes to realize we were not from the forest association to tell them their laws were good it was to tell them that they didn't allow enough cutting and right. they weren't liberal enough with their laws to allow forestry. Yep. They're like, wait, wait, you want you want cutting on Sunday? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, because some people work during the day. Well, during the week. No, well, they, that's you know, it. Some you people know, have two jobs. Yeah. I'm, you know, we don't. We're not off on the weekends. Yeah, a lot of times. I mow my lawn on the weekend. You know, my Sunday, my day off. That's when I cut my firewood because right. you know I can't afford to. I gotta. You know, try to make a living during the week, and you know, pay my taxes and insurances and all yeah. that stuff. And it's not easy, and it's not easy running a business. You got to have a heart as big as the world in order to be able to afford to stay here, and you got to work your ass off. And it, I'm, I don't care, you know. Uh, uh, but what's really hurting us is these huge money people that come in, and they're all green, and they put up a three million dollar house now. That is as far from green that you can get. You can't get any more anti-Earth than that. I mean, you should just the energy just for that. And you know, a lot of them just come and you know they they don't live here full time. They just come up and do this and that. But you know, I'm I'm not against that. But I'm I'm just saying, maybe you folks you know should 
stop and think a little bit about more about the environment than you know uh, uh, the wealth that you've created, which is awesome. I'm glad you're you're comfortable and you're happy, but you know I'll never experience that wealth, and I don't want it. I, I really don't. I just want to be left alone, and you know I make a decent living, and I always seem to get what I need, and you know the and. and but you know, I work for it. And I earn everything I get, and I don't have, uh, you know, uh, I don't have a problem with with uh, people coming in with gobs and gobs of money. What I do have a problem is that they're trying to change our way of life, and you know, come here with whatever you have, backpacks and campers, and you know, but but you know, don't come here and expect to you know uh, change our way of life because to fit the we're you know. If you want what you had, go back to where it is. Well, it's kind of like, you know, the problem with tourism. This is the problem I have with the land use of tourism or, you know, second home ownership in general is why does it have to be exclusive? You know what I mean? Like once it starts to come in, I don't have a problem with any of the people um, individually, but it seems like a lot of time it's like tourism has to... uh, take over every other land use or shut it down right that's not to me that's not local that's not rural and if we really thought about it more it's probably not desirable yeah because the only land use then you can have is houses right that's it just sleeping and and building homes right i mean what else are you going to do and the only people who can afford that land usage are not people here right it's going to be something else well it's all about respect and you know you got to respect your neighbor you got to respect you know each other and you know there's there's no room for discomfort and and uh you know hatred it it just it, it's ruining a lot of stuff and uh you know i don't i don't despise these people i don't hate them i just want them to understand our way of life maybe you should research when you come here our way of life and and not worry about so much. Maybe you might have a little discomfort of hearing a chainsaw run on Sunday. I mean, good grief. Let's, uh, uh, you know, these are, any anybody that's running a chainsaw on Sunday, I guarantee you it isn't a happy moment for them. <laughs> it ain't like they're, they're going to a picnic. This is, is hard work. And, you know, it's the only day of the week that they have to do it. And now you're taking that away, or and it's just little laws and 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 shits and giggles stuff like that. That just we if we go to the meetings and we can nip these things in the bud as they show up, because we do have a lot of uh, and that's what one thing that Vernon Bauer told me. He said, you know, uh, we should you you know you locals should or us locals we should start really attending more meetings and and see what's going on, you know. Uh, uh, I had my Matt Gray goes to all the county meetings, and he delivered my load of New Kingston a few weeks ago. And he was going to a county meeting that night, so I was with him for two hours. And all we talked about was the different changes that are going on at the, in in the county level at meetings. And it's uh, you know he got into involved a little bit. That's kind of got over my head a little bit. He's been attending meetings for six years, so he knows, you know, like a back of his hand, and it's just, yeah. uh, it's a it's a shame that, that uh, he said, but he said if more people show up, especially local people, 
because he said the outsiders they're they're there all the time like you said that they you know they have this great wealth and they really don't have a schedule they don't have to be anywhere at any certain time you know they get their exercise from going to the gym we get our exercises from you know climbing trees and running sawmills and you know planers and rip saws and you know whatever we do working in kitchens and and uh you know it's just this whole way of life around here but you know i'm i really don't want it to change fast it's we always have changes but i've seen too many changes in the last three years that it's it seems to have accelerated and uh you know i'm thinking you know we have as much as i really don't want to take the time i i have to start going to these meetings and 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 uh you know find out everything that's going on so i go to the town building and i ask the clerk when this meeting is that meeting is and whatever meeting and our town clerk didn't know i said well do you have a can you print something out for me uh no you have to go to the individual i don't have a calendar (laughs) usually they have a calendar online they don't have one no Jeez. No, so, because uh, we were, we wanted to have the, Nate Hendricks and I, it's 35 from the reservoir up to where Southside Road meets. And then it's 35 from my mill to Margaretville. And that little two mile in between, it's 55 because it's not posted. And, you know, we have people that go down that road 55, 60 miles an hour. And there's houses. So we're, we're putting a and it was so it took us like two weeks to find out when the meeting was and so you know but we we put the proposal in and you know it could take several months or a year or whatever but you know we put the proposal in and uh i think it'll go through but see we lost there like leonard utter and orville rosa and these guys that just knew how to you know put these things through I, I guess uh, one question is: Is what what do you want to preserve? What is it that you want to keep that you think is going away, in your opinion? Uh, there's it's. Is it a mindset? Is it what is it? Something tangible? It's hmm. well, it's disrespect. I see a lot of garbage. I see people in our little village don't respect the the signs and uh, it's 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 almost hazardous to drive to that village because you know people that if there's a parked car there instead of parking in public parking they put their four ways on get out their car and they go in and shop and oh, yeah. And you know they turn around the middle of Main Street instead of just driving to the bank and turn around like, like the. It's just little things like that that are, are just they're so annoying, and you know these uh, you get people that that. It's about respect. You know why, why don't they just respect, you know the laws and 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 this little town. I'm it's, you know I've seen stuff. I I won't go to Margaret through Margaret on a weekend because it's just it, it's annoying. And the stop line at the red light, you know, people pull up and stop underneath the light. You try to make that corner, and you know, it's it's just obnoxious. All little things like that. 
And it's these people that they just don't respect. It's all about them and, you know, how they feel. And we have to become a group. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't dislike anybody, but some people do annoy me. <laughs> John, uh, <laughs> what, uh, you've been quiet. What, what changes have you seen? Well, I guess with the last question, like, what are you trying to preserve? I mean, what comes up in my mind is, like, you know, I don't have kids or anything, but in the future maybe I will. And it's like you have this feeling of where you grew up and where you're rooted and, and what it was like for you. And you look forward one day and it's like, do you know, in 20 more years, in more 10 or whatever, do I want my kids to grow up here? And, and is it still that same feeling? It's not going to be. I think Gary just put that in the perspective for us. It's, it's always changing and evolving. Well, I mean, I guess the bigger picture is is what's tolerable and what's what still feels like that root's there. And once that root's eroded and gone and rotted away, then it's then it's time to move on. It's over. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different of where that tipping point might be. But then the tree falls over. It's gone. Yeah, you got to have opportunities. You yeah. Know, you need a place to work. And uh, farming failed and nothing has replaced it, you know. And, and people always ask me, well, what industry do you think is here? It's like, well, it's not up to me. No. It's not up to me. No. That's up to the marketplace to decide. Well, the sawmills have failed, too. So I'm the only little local sawmill left. And, yeah. you know, we have these big conglomerate, you know, 100,000 board foot a day mills that are, you know, that's that's not really healthy either because, uh, you know, it takes away the competition. And, you know, it, these, uh, you know, I I do well with my sawmill because I'm the only one that does custom cutting. You can't get custom cutting or drying from any of these huge corporations because they they won't. You know, it's a, just a waste of their time, and they're doing volume, yeah. and they don't want to know about you know personal one-on-one -on -one relationships. You know, they 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 they'll throw you out, and that's basically what keeps my doors open right now but i don't make a lot of money at it it's and it ain't about that you know if i see somebody leaving with their board and they're happy or actually unhappy it doesn't matter because it, it i provided provided the service the best i could and you know if it ain't my fault that some things don't work out it's it has to do with the wood and and whatnot but but you I, I get you know we got two and a half minutes here, Gary. I want to ask you: Is it easier to start a business thirty years ago? Yes. Or today? Yes, thirty years ago, absolutely. Yeah. I think I feel would, like that's something a tangible thing that every town could do. Do is what can we do to make it easier to make a living right. in our town? Yeah. I think that's an easy, tangible thing. Because thirty years ago, or thirty some years ago, when I put my mill in. If I tried to do that today, I wouldn't be able to do it. It would be it would have been shot down. Yeah, another business owner um, said the same thing in Arkville. He's a big business owner in Arkville. He said, "There's no way I could do what I did in the '80s or '70s today." No, there's no way, and it's just uh, it, it, it's slipping away. And yeah. it's, but I think if if we get together as a group, and if you it's really hard to define local, local, but it's, you know, if you moved here two years ago and you want to be a local, let's preserve the local, you know, uh, tradition and, and, you know, heritage. And, you know, don't come here and, and change our way of life. We don't, it's not necessary. We've done 
very well being poor. And, <laughs> and we, we've become accustomed to it. And, 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 to it. and it is. And we survive, and that's what we do. We survive. We, we have enough. You know, I, I always end up having enough. Uh, and and it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a blessing sometimes. I don't think I'm going to make it. And then all of a sudden, you know, a, a surge comes through and, and I get these little blessings. But, you know, and then I just feel so uh, uh, fulfilled. But I don't have uh, the resources of some of these people. And, and, you know, just because you have money, you're not better than me. And, and if you think you are, you really have a problem, and you need to leave. <laughs> well, that's about all the time we have, Gary, on uh, Sustaining Local, part two with Gary Mead. And uh, the first part was with Hoppy Quick. He's made his living uh, from the forest, uh, Chainsaw Bear Carver. And tonight was with Gary. Gary uh, was the former owner of Fruitful Furnishing Sawmill in Arkville, and now the Gary Mead Gallery, also in well, Margaretville. Sorry. Margaretville. Margaretville. Yep. yep. Wanna, I'm in the village. Don't want to confuse the two. Right, but uh, <laughs> that's all the time we have. And uh, see you next week with uh, Mike Porter, president of the Catskill Forest Association. All Peace, right? everybody. Good have night, a good everybody. night. Delia IOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Chappie's Good Food on Main Street in Roxbury for lunch, dinner, and cocktails. And Chappie's sister restaurant, the Old Mill Steakhouse, just around the corner on Bridge Street. Chappie's open every day. The Old Mill Steakhouse, open on weekends. 607-326-7020 or chappiesgoodfood.com. Delaware County Solid Waste Management Center on State Route 10 in Walton for disposal and recycling. Open 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Delaware County Solid Waste Management Center information about materials and disposal fees at 607-832-5800. Or see the Delaware County Solid Waste Management Center link at WIOXradio.org. What the soap? WTS and Company in Prattsville for soaps and lotions made on site, locally handcrafted candles, pottery, jewelry, art, and gifts, and a hand-picked selection of books on homesteading, nature, and local history. WTS and Company in the Prattsville Plaza and online at whatthesoap.com. AMR Open Studios and the AMR Open Studios Tour. 32 artists, painters, sculptors, printmakers, photographers, and mixed-media artists open their studios and galleries to the public as they pull back the curtain on their creative process and display their art. Andy's Arkville, Denver, Fleischman's, Halkettsville, Margaretville, and Roxbury. AMR Open Studios Tour, Saturday and Sunday, July 30th and 31st. A complete AMR Studios Tour map and details about the artist's at amropenstudios.org, amropenstudios.org. This is Dan O'Connell, host of Monday Morning Music on WIOX Roxbury. I also manage underwriting for WIOX, and I'm an underwriter supporting WIOX, here to let you know that as a licensed New York State real estate salesperson, I help people sell their homes in Margaretville, Stamford, Hobart, Delhi, Bovina, Andes, Fleischmann's, Pine Hill, Hackettsville, Roxbury, and neighboring communities.